Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. This is a statement you want in your life. I want it. Look what it says. Acts 4. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I want people in a humble way, when they look at my life, say, that guy has been with Jesus. The original 11 disciples were, for the most part, uneducated men. The reason they were able to turn the world upside down was that they had been with Jesus. They had an intimate relationship with him, and they did what he told them to do. Like Pastor Mark is teaching, they weren't perfect, no one is, but what they were was obedient to God and trusting he would give them the power and courage to do what he told them to do. Although it's hard to view them this way, they were just like we are. If we're willing to follow their example and be close to Jesus, we can be used by God just like they were. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with part 3 of his message, Role Models. People need other people in their lives. We need people who know us, who love us, who can speak into our lives. I will never reach the potential God has for me by trying to do life alone. So Paul says, get a good role model or two. Start hanging with people that know more than you. I know, but Pastor Mark, that really is just a nice suggestion. No, it is not. Next statement I want you to write. Imitating a good role model simply requires spending time with them. I can't really be in the painting class, and there's 12 painting classes, and I go to the first one, and I never go back to the next 11. Well, I've seen the instructor, I'll just do this myself. I don't want to see your painting going to be ridiculous. But we, to the church, we go, that's okay. I can do this Christian thing alone. I got God. Yeah, but God gave us people to help us. Think how many people you know that make this ridiculous, unbiblical statement. Are you a Christian? Yeah. Well, where do you go to church? Oh, I don't need to go to church. A Christian doesn't need to go to church. They're ridiculously foolish. They know nothing about the Bible. Why are they doing that? Because they're promoting themselves being alone. Now, here at Calvary Chapel, 
we try to go back to a role model of a church that is done right. Where we go is the book of Acts. Because that's the early church that was done right. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, would you? Acts chapter 2. And let's go down to verse 44. Acts chapter 2, verse 44. And when you get there, you're going to see a word. It's called together. Together. And you're going to see that as kind of common all the way through it. Together. Together. Get on to verse 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and good they gave to anyone as he had need. And every day... They continued to meet together in the temple courts. The temple courts would have been like a corporate setting. They didn't have buildings in those days, but they would meet together as a big setting. And they broke bread in their homes, more intimate, small settings, and ate together with glad and sincere heart. And while they're doing this, verse 47, they were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. They liked hanging together. They loved it. And because that love was there, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see, God always designed for us to be together. That's what we're doing here. The book of Ephesians says we're to gather together so people with the pastor-teacher gift, which I have in the other pastors, can teach you the word of God, can teach you the commandment I'm giving you today. That's what Paul was doing. That's what I'm doing. In that process... They were also together in small groups. The church started in the New Testament with 3,000 people. No building. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, they had to break up into small groups so they could get to know one another. This large church broke up into small groups so people in these small groups could find a good role model to follow. They could get together. They could worship together, serve together, have fun together, celebrate together, pray together, develop fellowship, relationship companionship. That's where they began to mature. They had to do it together. So what do we do? Well, at best, more than half of you in other churches, probably 70 to 80 percent, you'll come to the, 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 in the temple setting, you'll come to the big setting like today. And by the way, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Terrific. But see, this isn't good enough. Real growth happens two places. I mean, you do grow from this, but real growth happens from my quiet time with God. And it happens in a small group setting. That's where real growth happens. Because there's people in there that know you. And you can begin to open up. Now, let me ask you to do something to show you something. I want you to take your finger and I want you to touch the back or if you don't have anybody in front of you, uh, the, the shoulder of somebody next to you. And if you don't have somebody, get up and do that right now. Just everybody, just all over. Get up, move, move so you can touch somebody. Their shoulder, their back, whatever. This is good, isn't it? Okay. Now I want to ask you a question. Now that you've done that, what new thing do you know about that person? Well, Pastor Mike, I think they must exercise. It was a little tough. It was tight. <laughs> I, I wonder what's really under there. Is it, is there really hair there? Or is that the one I touched? They haven't ironed that shirt in weeks. I could, I could tell that baby right there. No, what, what did you really know about the person? Nothing. What could you expect to know? See, we gather 20, 30, 40, 50 times a year. 
and look at the back of somebody's neck. You've just done that. What can you tell about me? You look at me 50 weeks out of the year. You can't really know me. Who knows me? Well, number one, God knows me. Number two, my wife knows me. Number three, the elders know me because I meet with them every other week. Number four, the pastors know me. I meet with them every single week. All the pastors from our campuses. Who knows you? Who can help you? If you're a parent today and your daughter comes home and she says, I'm pregnant. Where are you going to go for help? You're an 18 year old and you're trying to figure out what to do with college. You feel you might have a call of God in your heart. Who are you going to go to? You're 43 and you just had your mammogram this week. And the doctor says, uh, I, you be here Tuesday morning because we're going to do a biopsy with your history. You've got breast cancer. Who are you going to go to? You just went to the doctor and you had an ultrasound and that baby has no chance of living. How are you going to handle that? By the looking at the back of somebody's head? You see, that's why we need people. We need to be around people who've had experiences like us. I'll guarantee you the things I just said to you, not exactly those things. But the things I've just said to you, I guarantee you, there's hundreds of people with difficult problems in their life. They're hurting inside. They're scared. They're fearful. They're crying. They're depressed. And when you touch them, none of that showed. They're still hurting. They're still in need. In fact, the book of Ecclesiastes says somebody is going to fall down. And there's nobody around to help them get up. Well, that's not the way God designed the church. We do things together. So I want to show you this morning that we have to quit bowling alone. Cut it out. And I want to show you how to change that. For many of you, it's a big change. I know all the excuses. I've been there. I want to go to Connect next, and you're going to see Connect. This is who we are. This is one of our five core values in our church. comes from the Bible, just where I read. It says this, connect to others in personal, vibrant relationships. He said, Pastor Mark, I don't have time to get into a group. You don't have time not to. Pastor Mark, I'm not getting into a group so I can open myself up and people can see the real me. Okay, well, just wear a mask. That's fine. Just be a hypocrite. That's going to help you a lot. No, we get into a small group so we can get real. Well, Pastor Mike, if I get in there, they're going to see that I'm like a little weird. That's okay. There's lots of other weird people there too. Am I right? Look down the aisle. Come on. Let's be honest. If you're not of the devil, you're weird. That's the way it is. We just have, we're all like that. We're just people. So personal, vibrant relationships. He said, Pastor Mark, how can I do that? Let me just say this. We have all kinds of small groups. 
One-to-one discipleship, one-to-one to seven-to-one, women's, men, divorce care, couples, singles, fusion, moms-to-moms, one-to-one with drugs. We have more than 70 home groups all over the county from Titusville all the way down to Sebastian, the beaches. All of those, all kinds of ages, different groups with kids, without kids, Asian, Spanish home. We have all of those. So what are you going to do about the commandment of God? After the service, I want you to go to all the commons in our areas. If you're a man, go to a men's group. If you're a couple, go to the couples group. If you're single, go to the singles or, or the fusion or whatever. Some way, get online. You can see all of these things. See, if nothing changes, nothing will change. So you, first of all, you have to realize what I just read to you this morning is not a suggestion. It's a commandment. And God did it for a purpose. We can't do lifelong. Quit bowling alone. And let God begin to speak to your mind. Now, I want to ask you a couple things. I'm going to give you five or six things I want you to write quickly, then we'll be done. If I want to be a good role model, what should that look like? And second, how can I find those things in other people? So it's a two-pronged deal. Two-pronged deal. I want to be a good role model. What should that look like? And if I'm in a small group, how do I know that this person over here is going to help me spiritually? Well, here's how. Number one, here's the first thing you want to write down. A good role model follows and imitates Christ. So if you're going to be a good role model, you have to quit bowling alone. Okay. Got it? Good. My standard is Christ. The standard is not a person. So my standard is Christ. How do I know what a good role model looks like as far as Christ? The word of God. Keep the commandments what we're talking to you about. So I'm going to be that kind of a person and I want to be that kind of person. Will I ever be perfect? No, far from it. So will you. But there is a pattern of understanding that. And second, as I'm striving and I'm looking for a person that's like this, a good role model puts Christ in the center of their life. When I'm around a person, when people are around you, they ought to see, not just from your words, but from your life, that What you desire is God to be the head of your life. See, the reason I'm here today is my mom and dad, far from being perfect parents, modeled the life for me. I knew the hurts in ministry long before I ever became a pastor because my dad was a pastor 50 plus years. My grandfather. I knew the dangers. I knew the difficulties. But I watched the joy Because they modeled the life. You look for a person that models that life. You can tell who they are. And you want to be that kind of person. That the world doesn't revolve around them. That Christ is the center of their life. I want you to turn with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. And I want you to see this. While you're turning there, I want you to write this third key. A good role model continues to grow spiritually. They're humble, but they're not prideful. You see, there's no place you could go and say, this is the person I'm going to follow. Paul, in the verses we read, said this, I haven't arrived yet, I'm still striving. I'm still striving. I'm still trying to be more like Christ. I, I want to be more like Christ. I'm, I'm quit looking in the past. I'm going forward. See, that's the guy you want to follow. If you get around somebody in a small group, a men's group, ladies group, couples groups, whatever, or a home group, and they say this, I pretty much arrived yet. I understand the Bible. I know everything. Just get out of the group. 
Call the office. If he's the leader, definitely call the office. He's no longer be the leader. Because there's nobody like that. Now look what Paul says. Look at that verse. This is so powerful. Paul says this. You know, however, speaking to the church about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings. What kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, Lystra? The persecutions I endured. How about that? Paul was an open book. In verse 10, Paul is an open book. He says, you know, everything in my life, patience and love and endurance and persecution and suffering and faith, what kind of thing? You just know who I am. He's growing. He's hurting. But then I want you to see something. How does Paul end that? Does Paul, at the end of verse 11, say this? Now, church, if you can find anything other than being a Christian, find it. Because being a Christian is miserable. It leads to all kinds of trouble. Find something else. Be an unbeliever. Well, he doesn't say that. Look what he says. God rescued me from all of it. Here's the next thing you want to write. A good role model lives with a joyful, grateful, positive attitude. You want to be around people like that. You can tell that they're not depending on themselves. They're depending on God. That's the kind of person I want to be. You see, if you're around a person that says they're a Christian, and here's what they say, serving God is hard. Oh, God, I'm just trying to hold on till I get to the end. I don't think I can make it, God. Let me pray for these people. What kind of prayer do you need, God? Help this person hold on for dear life till they get to the end. They're not going to be an overcomer, but get out of the home group. Get out of the small group. That person knows nothing about the power of God. I want to be around a person that says this. You can do it. You've got great potential in you. God helped me. I had nothing, but look what I am today. And I'm still growing. I'm falling so short, but God's used me so much. I can't believe it. You can do it too. See, every single one of you, my eyes are looking at you. God has great potential for you. There's the ceiling. If you stop bowling alone, the heavens are the ceiling. For what he has for you. But if you continue to do life alone. Everything will bounce off the top. You'll accomplish almost nothing for Christ. You have to have other people. In your life. Listen to me. We become. What we read. What we watch. And who we hang with. We become what we read. What we watch. And who we hang with. Be careful. You want to be around people that love serving God. Certainly aren't perfect. I was reading this. Those of you that think Miami's going to do well this year. Lord bless you. (laughs) But I love this illustration. Reggie Bush says this. It was a typical midday South Florida sticky steamy day. And he just sprinted 53-yard width of the practice field and back. Bush says this, 26. He says, I I constantly try to do a little more. I I try to lead by example. He says, now it's even more important to me 
being here with all these young guys on the team, he says, I want to lead by example. And quite honestly, he says, some of the guys that have been here, the veterans, they need to somebody that has a little zip and excitement in their life as well. That's huge. In the sports world, Ricky says, I'm trying to exercise with excellence. So the young guys can say, well, how do you have those moves? And how do you do all that? Well, you just kind of sit back and let it happen. No, he's getting people to watch him. They're doing it. They're a team. They're working together. And Reggie comes in with some of these veterans who have big contracts and going, well, I'm just going to play the year out. No, we're a team. Come on, let's, let's do it together. And I want to say to you this morning, church, quit bowling alone. You will never reach your potential in Melbourne. And that's God is working with you and you're tied in, committed to do things with other people. If you and I will get the right people in our lives, who knows what God will do with you? But you have to read the right people. You have to be hanging with people that are more mature than you so they can walk and talk and help you and encourage you. And be there in your life. While they are around people doing the same thing. I'm striving always to be around different people. People that can stimulate me on. To be all I want to be. Now one day. Peter and John. After Jesus went back to heaven. You know they they were with Jesus for three and a half years. He didn't just read him a book. They watched him. They watched his life. And Peter and John were so different. Peter always was always the first one to speak, put his foot in his mouth constantly. John, more of the hangback guy. Well, one day they're going to the temple, and there's a lame man, and God supernaturally healed this lame man. And because of that, the religious rulers in Acts chapter 3 and 4, they gathered around them, and they imprisoned them. But they made this statement. This is a statement you want in your life. I want it. Look what it says. Acts 4. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I want people in a humble way, when they look at my life, say, that guy has been with Jesus. Not in a prideful way. The greatest statement that can ever be made about you is that you've been with Jesus. What's that mean? He's rubbed off on us. His maturity has become ours. His love has become ours. His patience has become ours. His compassion has become ours. How is that going to happen? It will never happen bowling alone. How did it happen to these two? They hung with Jesus. You have to be around people and God to become what he wants us to become. I challenge you, get yourself into some kind of small group. Don't wait. Don't make excuses. Cut it out. Get yourself plugged in. You can do it on all the comments. You can get online, call the office. We'll help you with anything we can. Let's be role models and be around other role models. 
In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded us that the men and women of the early church were just regular people like us. The difference that we can see is that they were deeply committed to following what Jesus told them to do. Their role model was Jesus himself. And they then became role models for those under their authority in the church. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This completes part one of Pastor Mark's teaching, Role Models. Next time, we'll begin part two. He will teach from the book of Philippians where the Apostle Paul is telling his readers to follow his example as a Christ follower. We will hear the dangers of listening to and following bad role models and the warning that the Bible gives to us concerning bad behavior. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.